Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, Episode 142, CEO Lessons from a 2017 Malcolm Baldridge Award winner. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And sitting right across from me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. It's always a pleasure to join you for another episode of Growth Igniters Radio. And as always, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders to accelerate themselves and their companies to their next level of game-changing innovation, growth, and success. And Pam, as companies move to that next level and transform and grow, there's a lot of moving parts that come into play. The bigger that they are, the more things have to be coordinated. Process can be a real help sometimes. Yes, it really is a paradox. In fact, we call it the growth paradox. Right. That is, the organization that supports us also constrains us. Leadership teams that are mindfully navigating this paradox, we believe are the ones that are best at igniting and sustaining the game-changing growth and success that is so important, especially in uncharted territory. Absolutely. And our guest today has been navigating in uncharted territory her whole career. She is Celeste Ford, founder and CEO of Stellar Solutions, a global provider of systems engineering expertise and a recognized leader in government and commercial aerospace programs that are focused on high-impact projects and satisfying customer-critical needs in alignment with employees' dream jobs. Celeste is a proven leader of the Stellar Constellation of Companies, which includes Stellar Solutions Incorporated, which is Engineering Services, Stellar Solutions Aerospace Limited, their UK-based affiliate, Stellar Solutions Aerospace France, QuakeFinder, their humanitarian R&D division, and the Stellar Solutions Foundation. She's a valued member of the board of multiple organizations in the private and public sectors. Celeste is also a recognized and respected personality in her field, having served on congressional commissions as well as on panels focusing on entrepreneurship and women in business, and is an active advocate of community and charity outreach. She received her B.S. in Aerospace Engineering from the University of Notre Dame and M.S. in Aerospace Engineering from Stanford University. You can see much more of Celeste's bio by going to growthignitersradio.com and selecting episode 142. Celeste, welcome to Growth Igniters Radio. Thanks. Happy to be here. Tell us a bit about what led you to become founder and CEO of Stellar Solutions. It's really an interesting story. Well, I had been in the aerospace industry since from the beginning when I graduated from college and I'd worked for three different companies prior to starting Stellar. The first was commercial and international aerospace. The second was defense and intelligence and civil, all the government types of space. And the third was a small business that was more in the software arena. And I brought uh, space to one of their projects. So after working for a while in the industry and looking not just at my own experience, but the world out there, 
it was very much geared to climbing a ladder that somebody else had invented or running after a carrot that somebody else was dangling by their criteria of what was important. And I guess I just thought I was ready to start with a clean slate. And if I did, what would it look like? It would look like focusing on critical needs only just working on the most important things and managing the size and the projects around that concept. And of course, aligning it with your dream job. So you had a very clear vision of what you saw for Stellar Solutions from the start. Yeah, I think when you wake up in the morning, you need to really like what you're doing. And if you do, then it isn't work. It's what you wanna be doing. It's what you have a passion about. And if what you're working on has high impact and is satisfying a critical need, makes the world a better place, well, the alignment of that with your dream job, it just doesn't get better than that. And the financial challenges, if you will, (laughs) resolve themselves. Yeah, well, it's not that unusual for companies, especially technical companies, to focus on the particular client needs. That's best practice all across the industries. It is much less usual for top leadership to be talking about dream jobs in the vision itself. How did that come about? I think all of us have things we like to do and don't like to do. And I think as I was reflecting on my own experience, I didn't want to be the kind of boss that, you know, people woke up unhappy to come look you in the eye every day because they can't stand what they're doing. It was my own situation. Also, at the time, I had a very young family. And I think people of my generation, if you're going to be at work, it better be for something important. And so I felt at that point in time that creating something where that was the content was really important for me and for people like me. So what does it really mean to have a dream job? Um, We hold ourselves accountable for what we say our vision is. So we ask our customers if we're satisfying a critical need. We ask our employees if we're satisfying a critical need. And we ask our employees if they're in their dream job or working towards it. So uh, the feedback is as diverse and varied as there are people in the world, right? For some people, it's particular job content, a particular program they're working. For some people, it needs to be a better commute. (laughs) Um, And people articulate that and they actually work towards solving and planning our future. So you can always be working towards uh, that goal. That is so important. I find that over the years, as we've been working with companies, that the ones where people really can say, this is a dream job in whatever that means, those are the ones that are most successful. I was looking on all your awards. It definitely has uh, meant a lot to people. One of the awards I noticed, in addition to the Baldrige, which we'll talk about in a moment, is 10 coolest companies to work for in the Bay Area. You have the Fortune Best Medium Workplace uh, and the Top 500 Women-Owned Businesses in the U.S. and so many others. And The Malcolm Baldrige Award is now the most recent. Maybe you can tell us a little more for people who are not as familiar with the Malcolm Baldrige National Quality Award, what it represents. Uh, Sure. It was, first of all, quite an honor to receive that um, at the national level. It's awarded by the Department of Commerce. It started in the Reagan era. 
and only 100 companies have been awarded it since then. So I definitely in great company and inspiring company. I have to say for our own journey, it wasn't about the award as a business founder that is trying to build a company that's built to last. I was thinking, okay, we're engineers. We don't need to reinvent the wheel here. And in looking at all of the various things that were out there at the time, uh, we went with the Baldrich framework. Why? Because it's not prescriptive. You're not just going down a checklist. Okay, we got this check. We got that check. No, you have to say what's important and then hold yourself accountable for it and then prove it. So it's very results oriented and it's very clear on the communications and it deals with all various categories from leadership to workforce to customers. And half the award is your results and half are the processes that support that. So it was good for us because we felt we were different and we didn't want a checklist and a prescriptive thing to get some sort of award or whatever. And so I think once we started using it, and by the way, it was really hard. You wouldn't think it would be that hard, but to get your leadership together and to figure out what is important and then to figure out how you know you're doing what you said you're doing, that took a while. And, you know, many years later, we started to look at our results and improve things internally and evaluate ourselves we were just using this internally to get ourselves organized. It does help to have goals, but it never started out as, you know, let's get an award. But somewhere down the line, we decided, you know what, let's have somebody from the outside come evaluate us. And we did it at the state level. And then when you win the state level, they do the national one. And that's how we got that award. The thing that I also find fascinating about Baldridge is it's, although it's called the Quality Award, it's also very much future focused. Oh, absolutely. Um, innovation is a big part of it. You know, how do you foster that? How do you, you know, not get surprised? What are, yeah, you know, it just, it asks all the questions you want to ask yourselves. And um, we found it a good framework. When I say, you know, built to last for Stellar, we wanted a sustainable business. I live in Silicon Valley and that's unusual now. Uh, now, most companies are built to flip. It's how quickly you can start and flip it. So, Celeste, what were you surprised by in this process? What surprised me was the camaraderie and positive feedback from every single employee who participated and it's pretty much most of your company and in our company were deployed uh, offsite at our customers. So people had to come into our office and meet with people as a group or jump on telecons. And the extent to which our Baldrige framework was deployed to each and every person in the company and how each and every one of them could articulate our vision and what they personally did that made that vision a reality was absolutely amazing. And that's one of the things they ask you in Baldrick, you know, not just what's your approach, but is it deployed? And I think for a company like ours, where people are scattered to the winds, you know, we don't have the coffee cooler where people are gathered around, we need to be on site fighting the fires. The fact that each and every employee in each and every geography and project could talk about Stellar in a integrated, coherent fashion with enthusiasm, was really 
heartwarming. And I think it really was a great team building experience for all of us as well. So there were a lot of lessons learned, not just for you and not just for the leadership team, but for the entire organization. And that's where we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Celeste Ford, founder and CEO of Stellar Solutions, about the lesson she's learned about putting the Baldrige framework into action. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniter's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. We enable successful companies to accelerate to their next level of innovation, growth, and success to change the game. We'd like to welcome all of our listeners and especially our many new listeners. If you're not already subscribed to our Growth Igniters community, you can get even more value by signing up. You'll receive reminders of our new bi-weekly podcasts, along with a link to a page filled with all kinds of resources. And on off weeks, you'll receive a Growth Igniters post about a two-minute read. So go to growthignitersradio.com and click the red Sign Up Now button at the top right of the page. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Scott and I are talking today with Celeste Ford, founder and CEO of Stellar Solutions, about lessons that she and her leadership team and her organization learned from participating in the Malcolm Baldrige National Quality Award process. Celeste, how can people find out more about you and Stellar Solutions? Well, the easiest way is to visit our website, StellarSolutions.com. Okay, and there's a lot of information about all of the things that we've been talking about with regard to awards and all the different areas of your company. And you can find out more about this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com and selecting episode 142. So, Celeste, you are a visionary leader, yet uh, one of the things that we were talking about is how important it is to engage others, employees and other stakeholders, so that they are ready to break free from the pull of familiar habits and routines. How do you encourage people so that they're comfortable moving into this uncharted territory? Well, I think our secret, if you want to call it that, is that we have an inclusive strategic planning process. It's really the glue that holds everything together. So every year, each and every person in the company participates through the sector they're in. And I, I didn't mention, but Stellar Solutions, five points of the star. We have customers in intelligence, defense, civil, commercial, and international space. So each of those points of the star or sectors has a strategic planning set of meetings. It gets kicked off with an email that asks everybody questions to think about, both relative to current customers and future cool things that we should be working on and aren't. Also challenges and obstacles and what we need to remove to achieve our goals. And there's a series of face-to-face meetings and telecons that are arranged by the leads for each sector. And oh, by the way, you're more than invited to participate in other sectors' uh, plans, especially if your dream job aligns with, gee, I might want to do something else in this town, or gee, I might want to move and 
you know, work in a different sector. So the end product is a very specific uh, tactical plan for the next year that talks about each and every what we call our goal one, our current customers, at right size, right scope. And we have a very detailed, if we're going to add people, what month doing what task. And then we have goal two, which is our innovation, which is future customers, future projects. Again, what are they by name? Who's the customer closer? What month? And this is all laid out in a a goal sheet that we review as a leadership team every month. And then, of course, we need to make adjustments because life does not stand still and there are many a replan. Um, And then this is communicated uh, through our workforce with one-on-one meetings every month, as well as two big meetings a year. One is a regional meeting where we get everyone together in their geography and go through how how we're doing and what's changed and solicit input. And that's kind of a mid-year course correction. And then the kickoff is, of course, our annual meeting where we bring everyone together and talk about what we're doing in each sector in the future, as well as celebrating our successes from the prior year. And that's at our annual meeting. And oh, the most important thing is there is not a goal in our company strategic plan that does not reside in an individual's bonus plan. So it is fully integrated from top to bottom. And that's how we do it. So there's reinforcement. Now, literally, you are in uncharted territory, outer space, right? And (laughs) um, how do you encourage somebody to do something that they've never done before, even though they have the goal? I know in a lot of other situations, people will worry about making mistakes. Or not know what to do. How do you deal with that? Yeah, well, you know, we very much embrace the try stuff. (laughs) In new employee orientation, one of my favorite quotes that we show right off the get-go is, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So we encourage people to do the right thing for their customers and for them. And then we provide the training that goes along with that. When people fill out their dream job worksheets, uh, a big part of that is the training. You know, is this something you can just do now because you know how to do it? Or is this something you really need to get more training on before it's a viable solution? So we're lifelong learners at Stellar. Nobody is ever done with that. Celeste, you referred a little bit ago to encouraging people to get involved in other sectors. We've read on your website, you talk about crossing the boundaries to really ramp up your innovation solutions for clients. What is the key to reinforcing that type of collaboration across boundaries when everybody knows everyone has goals that they have to accomplish, that these are the things I have to get done, these are on my uh, plan for the year, this is what I'm being evaluated on? Where does collaboration across the boundaries come into play? Well, from day one, um, people here crossing the boundaries, crossing the boundaries, we are system engineers. And the value add that differentiates us from system engineers that work solely in intelligence or solely in commercial is that we can bring that information from point A to point B and the customer doesn't have to change their contract and pay extra to get it. 
We call that our buy two, get 200 <laughs> approach. And the way we share that information and deploy it is uh, because we're so spread out, someone may do a stellar all email and say, hey, I've got to store my satellite for two years. Our launch vehicle's not ready. Does anyone have experience with that? What should we be on the lookout for? And you'll get answers from people who've had that specific experience elsewhere. And then after the person gets all the information, because people typically need to go point to point and do deeper dives, they'll come back to Stellar All and say, okay, here's what I learned. And we all learn from the people, even if it's something we knew nothing about uh, from each other. So that's the primary way. And the secondary way is shout outs. So we have a system at Stellar where we like to celebrate the individual and we can learn from that as well when we're crossing the boundaries, because a lot of it is you may not know what people are doing. And um, some customers take the time to write letters and, you know, you get exalted in front of others in your respective uh, work project areas. But sometimes they don't like the intelligence people or you know, you just see somebody doing something really that made a big difference. So any employee can give a shout out to any employee at any time and they automatically get a bonus. And all of us get to hear about the great thing that person did. But we're also learning more about each other and the kind of things that are available to our other customers uh, from that. So that's a crossing the boundaries activity as well, as well as newsletters and the meetings that we have as a group. So how is that reinforced? Is crossing the boundaries in people's individual performance plans? How, how do you reinforce that? Well, we give the bonuses for the shout outs, but we don't give bonuses for crossing the boundaries because we want people to think that is your job every day for your customer and for each other you know, to really leverage the power of 200 people into the power of one. The main way we do it is to over communicate it. We do have particular initiatives this year that we've identified that actually are specifically to cross the boundaries. For example, our intelligence sector has made a great name for themselves to do with continuity of operations and resiliency. And we said, you know, this is really important to more than just the intelligence community. How do we take what we're doing there and apply it to other government agencies and other commercial entities? And so there's a group of people that are off doing exactly that. Oh, that's great. It sounds like learning is just such a fundamental part of your culture. So one of the things, of course, when you're learning is you're coming up with all kinds of unexpected decisions that you might not have known about. You know, you discover something new or there, you know, life happens as a challenge. <laughs> what is the key that you found to staying focused yet nimble enough to respond to all of this? Well, I think it starts with a good strategic planning process and also accountability. At a monthly level, as a leadership team, we have a convergence meeting and we look at our results in each and every area, all our goals, how they're going, time-based, what makes sense, what doesn't, what are the deltas this month. We talk about each and every employee, what's going on in their life? Do they need extra support? So we cover it all on a monthly basis and 
we adjust to what we're hearing. And honestly, we replan around what we're learning. And we also have what we call goal three, our situational awareness, where, okay, those aren't our goals for this year, but they're in the next three to five years. What's coming down the pike? What conferences do we go to? What people do we talk to? Uh, How do we stay ahead of what's coming down the pike? And we have very specific things identified in our goal three situational awareness around that. And of course, this is all possible because we think it's very important to have face-to-face contact with each and every employee and each and every customer monthly. So from there, we really learn what are the critical needs? What do we need to do differently? Okay, so the whole idea of being very clear on your strategy, where you're going, but also that situational awareness makes a big difference and incorporating it all together clearly has made a difference for Stellar Solutions. Yeah, that's what leadership is about. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Celeste Ford, founder and CEO of Stellar Solutions, about immediately useful ideas for determining what it would take to apply this framework for your company. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. Pam, we've been talking about increasing excellence and innovation for growth, and all too often the transformative process this takes can bring us face-to-face with confronting challenging issues that everyone knows are there, but nobody wants to face. The, The elephants in the room. Now, leaving them underdressed can create a huge cost of time, energy, resources, And that's why we've written a Harper report called Taking Control of the Elephants in the Room. This is one of our more popular reports because it's practical and addresses an issue that every leader and team faces at one point or another, especially when we're moving fast. In fact, one executive team was able to shave six months off their time of their product launch and save millions of dollars by taking control of the elephants that were in their room. So go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 142, and request your complimentary copy of the report, How to Take Control of Elephants in the Room. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been talking with Celeste Ford, founder and CEO of Stellar Solutions, about lessons that she and her leadership team learned from participating in the Malcolm Baldrige National Quality Process. Celeste, can you tell us again how people can find out more about you and Stellar Solutions? Yes, the best way to find out about Stellar Solutions is to go to our website, StellarSolutions.com. Okay, and remember that you can find out more about this episode, uh, show notes, and all the rest by going to growthignitersradio.com and selecting episode 142. This is the part of our podcast where we like to talk about the immediately useful ideas so that as soon as everyone's done listening, they can go and, and take action. One of the things you mentioned in one of the previous segments was the importance of the conversations that take place with your leadership team about whether this really is right for us. What kinds of conversations do you think are important around that? I think that as you answer the questions that they pose, and I think I like that, again, it's not a checklist, you find that you're not the same as everybody else and that everybody has something unique to bring to the table and that together when you collaborate with that information, 
um, you can create something good. Like for us, it was that vision of the laser sharp focus on customer critical needs and the alignment with dream jobs. And from there, you cascaded into having a really good strategic planning process that was inclusive and tying that to individual bonus plans and crossing the boundaries all became very clear and things that we want to make sure we're measuring as we grow. We haven't compromised on any of that so that we can say we have that small company feel even as uh, we spread out geographically and grow. And I think what people uh, don't know about Baldrige and is important is that, you know, when you get evaluated, 50% is on your results. (laughs) So it's not, you know, just a theory of life exercise in planning. No, you have to have processes, but you better be getting results from those processes and they better be sustainable and there better be good trends as well as levels. Okay. So you mentioned something very important. It's one thing to have things written down and have processes planned out and and constructed, but it's a whole different thing to put them into actual use. Reality of, yeah, we're actually doing it and it's creating good stuff for us. So What are some practical ideas that a leadership team can take to move from creating the framework to actually bringing it into life? One thing that I learned is, you know, I think everybody has metrics in their business and you look at them. You know, so the first question is, are they the right ones? (laughs) Are we looking at too many? And sometimes the question is, what what should we stop doing (laughs) as much as what should we add? And when it comes to results, the level of good, bad, and indifferent of whatever you're looking at in your metric is only one thing. And Baldrige, uh, I think, uh, does this very well. They have this framework that you look at not just your levels, but your trends, comparisons, and integration. So, you know, it's one thing if we all sit around the table in our monthly leadership meetings and say, wow, this level is really good. But if it was higher the year before and the year before, maybe it's not. It just feels good because we're working really hard to get those results. But even more telling is the comparisons. If you don't do that, you know, at the most basic level, you can look, oh, I've got good trends. I've got good levels. Well, let's say I'm in aerospace and defense and I grew 2% or 5% or 7%. That was my trend. I'm like, wow, I'm really doing great. If you're about innovation in the future, you know, if things are growing at 10% and you're not, um, you know, that benchmarking and comparison is important. So I think that's the way to look at it. And also the integration. It can't just be you know, financial results, which is what everybody hones in on. That's your rear view mirror. You know, what got you there? And so how is it integrated with employee satisfaction and customer satisfaction and safety and security needs to be integrated to give you the results that you want? So it's not just about the metrics. It's about what those metrics mean. And taking that in context is what's so important. Yeah, as the old saying goes, you get what you measure, but you better measure the right stuff that's actually relevant to what you want to get out. Absolutely. So Celeste, time has really gone by here. Do you have any uh, final thoughts to leave us with on what it takes to lead your company into the future while staying excellent today? Well, I think you've heard it over and over from me. And I'll say it again because it's the most important thing. It's not rocket science. If <laughs> in any business, if you focus on satisfying your customer critical need and aligning that with your workforce's dream jobs, it is a good thing and you will be successful. And my second takeaway is reach for the stars. We'll remember that. Celeste, thanks. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much. 
Thanks, Celeste, and thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, share on social media, read Celeste's bio, or open a conversation with us, go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 142. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss with your team. What can we learn? from the Baldrige Award framework that could help us take our company to our next level of innovation, game-changing growth, and success. Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.